Negative income taxes. Negative income taxes are another way that European governments are looking to appease the fear of unemployment among their youth. However, while this idea is mainly supported by neoliberals, it is hotly debated amongst both left and right swinging parties, such as the more populist and conservative parties. This idea was first proposed in 1962 by economist Milton Friedman, who thought that it could replace welfare in an attempt to alleviate poverty. It is important to differentiate between negative income tax, NIT, and what is referred to either as the citizen's basic income, CBI, or universal basic income, UBI. NIT provides government assistance to those whose salary does not meet the lowest level of taxable income. Based on a person's or family's income, NIT would give an additional predetermined set percentage that would make up the difference between their own earnings and the lowest taxable income set by a nation. This is different from CBI or UBI in that only those earning below a set amount will receive the benefit. Whereas the other programs provide a set amount of money to all citizens, regardless of their own earnings. Another key difference between the two propositions is where the money comes from. Both systems are run from taxation on income. NIT, however, is the more efficient system in that money is taxed from higher earners and distributed among those who qualify for NIT. The CBI system that provides a subsidy for every citizen also taxes based on income, but only after citizens have already received the money. This means that the wealthy are being given money by the government just to have it taken away again through the taxation system. It has been pointed out that there is huge potential in this system for taxpayer money to be lost, both in the collection and redistribution of funds. Because the money for these systems is being taken out of both income and goods taxes, there is concern that consumer prices will rise due to the increased VAT needed to finance at least part of this system and leave the poor in worse condition than before the system was put in place. The NIT is meant to make sure that no member of society is completely destitute and to benefit those who work more than those who do not. If the program were implemented successfully, this would incentivize those below the income tax line to work more because they would be able to receive more than those who do not work as much. This solves one of the main problems found with the program by right leaning parties. Right leaning parties worry about the effect introducing NIT will have on a country's overall productivity level. Studies have been performed in the US and Canada in which the basic idea of NIT was introduced to small groups, and they found that there was a decrease in the amount of work people did. However, these studies have been more recently criticized for being too complex in their design, significant misreporting of actual data, and the drop in productivity shown in the studies being either due to time spent looking for jobs or time spent utilizing education opportunities instead. In the Canadian study, the two groups that did work less consisted of new mothers and adolescents. However, there was also an increase in the number of adolescents completing high school, and as discussed earlier in this paper, more education better prepares students to work in the new world. Possibly the most encouraging outcome from these and many other small scale studies meant to show the impact of NIT is that almost all participants. 
were lifted above the poverty line. A more recent study performed by the Adam West Institute found little evidence of workers exiting the labour market or significantly reducing hours worked. NIT has also been shown to provide better protection against large fluctuations in the world economy that can hurt the poor more acutely than most people, e.g. the Great Recession. It can also help to eliminate poverty traps that keep people reliant on social benefits because those receiving the NIT would have more control over meeting their needs. Others argue that NIT does not solve the baseline problems that have been found from other basic income subsidy propositions. The Mises Institute points out that even with the tapering subsidy, there are still not enough provisions in place that would protect the government from exploitation of the system. They address the commonly overlooked problem with NIT of the zero-income family and how their potential earnings from subsidies are significantly higher than those who do work or those just above the poverty line. These individuals and families who are working and earning just above the poverty line would not receive any subsidy from the NIT, while those just below the poverty line and not working as much would be making more than them, thus killing any incentives to work or encouraging them to purposefully earn less than they are able so as to get a higher subsidy and thus increase their net earnings. The Adam Smith Institute counters this by claiming that employers will pay a wage based on productivity, not whatever the cost of living currently is. They point out that while this may keep wages low for a while, the effect should dissipate as more people are encouraged to enter the labour market due to the potential subsidy earnings and as the supply of labour adjusts, leaving a higher livable wage for those working than what they would be able to receive with just the subsidy. Economist Henning Meyer has also called attention to the social value of work. He points out that pride and the ability to socialise and communicate with others in society should not be overlooked when determining if and how much an introduction of NIT will decrease motivation in the workforce, especially among youth. The idea of NIT is based on reducing poverty by giving those in need more control over what they purchase. Many countries today have a welfare system that provides financial support through various bonds and stamps to be used on specific items, such as food and housing. NIT would give these people cash instead of specified spending allowances, trusting them to find the most efficient allocation of their resources. If the proper measures are taken in introducing NIT to Europe, it is possible that those in poverty will be able to rise out of it on their own and no longer be dependent on these benefits. The basic standard of living for all would also increase. This is because, with the subsidy provided by the government, those in need will not be as vulnerable to poverty traps and many other factors that tend to keep people dependent. Disability assistance would be kept separate from NIT so that only those who are eligible would receive that funding. Other marginalised groups would also not be taken into account in the initial allotted amount for the NIT, but would instead have a separate benefits fund to draw from. This would eliminate the argument of citizens receiving an allotment of funds that they do not deserve. Marginalised groups, including the disabled, would still be eligible for the NIT if they were to need it. However, 
Through separating these funds, any crossover between citizens that qualify for additional funding beyond their position below the poverty line could be eliminated. As mentioned previously in this paper, the youth unemployment rate remains high due to the ongoing labour market crisis that started in 2008. The youth unemployment rate in Europe is at about 15% on average, though higher in some countries, which makes it about twice as high as in the US, where it falls between 8 and 9%. This is especially concerning because a portion of the high youth unemployment rates were previously attributed to time spent in education. In spite of this, as studies have shown in Spain, young people are not spending as much time now in school and are also not employed. Because of this, there has been a recent increase in support of a basic income for European citizens. As of 2016, it had reached 64%. The introduction of NIT would need to be gradual and take into account the findings of the numerous small-scale studies currently being performed in many countries around the world. However, research has shown that this proposition has the potential to increase youth employment in Europe as well as increase the standard of living for all.